This episode contains sensitive and mature content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Some of what we discuss may be triggering for some individuals. I'm your host, Jerrica, and welcome to She Has a Name Too, the show where we discuss the individuality of moms. Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job, but between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title, Mother. Today, Courtney shares her struggle with infertility. She now has a healthy baby girl, but it wasn't easy getting her here. Listen in as she opens up about her experience and shares some tips on how to help couples struggling with infertility. Um, so do you want to talk about your infertility experience? Sure, sure. I gotta uncross my legs. I gotta make my ponytail not look so redonkulous. Okay. So my husband, CJ, and I, I had graduated from BYU-Idaho in the spring of 2016. Um, and at that time, I like wasn't feeling any urgency to have a baby. But for some reason, in November, we went to the temple. I just felt like, oh, we should like start trying to have a baby. So I was like, okay, like I guess I should talk to him about it. At first, he was like, huh? I'm pretty sure he thought, like, I had said I wanted to wait longer, but I don't remember that. The little argument about should we start having kids or should we not, that's always a fun conversation to have. And the best thing is, is, like, when we were first married, I was, like, so uneducated about, like, how it actually works to, like, conceive a child, right? So, like, I would just be certain, even though I was on birth control, like, at the most random times I was pregnant, I was like, I know I'm pregnant, and I would, like, be a puddle. So, this is just, like, you know, to give you some context. So, I had begun learning about, like, how it actually works, like, how to get pregnant. Well, I knew how to get pregnant, but you know what I mean? Like, people try to make it seem like, oh, it's the easiest thing, but really, like, there are only, like, three or four days in every woman's cycle where you could conceive a baby. Right, like where it's perfect. Right, optimal, yes. And it has to be, like, perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we started trying in, like, November 2016. And first month goes by, I wasn't pregnant. I was, like, kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, no, like, what if I can't have kids? Like, why doesn't this work for me? Like, I am in this ward with all these girls who are just, like, popping them out. Um, which was hard, you know, even though it had only been one month, which now I look back and I just like laugh at myself and like, wow, so dramatic. Anyway, so then like we keep going. I we went for like a whole year almost, and then my sister got pre- pregnant while I'm trying, and I've been married like two years longer than she has, and I was like, oh crap, like I'm gonna have to explain to people why I'm not like having a baby, but she is, and she hasn't been married as long as we've been married. Um, And that was hard when she got pregnant because she, I was like kind of upset and talking to my parents about it and how it was like such a hard thing to like be going, going at this point, it had been like, you know, eight months or something and I wasn't getting pregnant. Um, And she had talked to them too, saying that she wanted to get pregnant, but it took her like two cycles to get pregnant and that she was really anxious about it. And I was just like, oh, 
like kind of downplaying your feelings, which is kind of jerk of me, but whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's pregnant. And then we end up moving down to Utah, which is where we live currently. Um, and we, we lived with that sister. So I was there through her entire pregnancy and I was trying to get pregnant. Um, and that was so incredibly hard and she didn't understand why I wasn't excited for all these things she was going through. But it was just a constant reminder for me that I was failing. My body was failing me. Um, and especially the term trying to have a baby just for a lot of people, it's like the worst <laughs> feeling like, Oh, got to try again. Oh, failed. Oh, try again. You know? Um, and so then by, so at that point, you know, we're coming around a year of trying and in the spring in April or May, I think we decided to go see, uh, OBGYN to like get some help. You know, it had been like 18 months, I think by that point, by the time we went to see someone, if I remember correctly. Um, and so then, you know, their fix all is just put her on Clomid if we can't figure out what else is wrong. Um, and Clomid is a medication that you take, I think right after, like on the second or third day of your period, and it's supposed to help you ovulate. So that's like what a lot of women struggle with. They're not ovulating in an optimal time. And so that was kind of like the fix all for me. They were also going to do a semen analysis analysis on my husband um and I actually kind of hoped that it wasn't him because I knew that if it were me I could deal with that I don't know like I was just nervous that I would feel resentful towards him and I didn't want to um and so his semen analysis came back good he was he's sitting right here so he's kind of smiling he, it was fine and then I um, started, I got on Clomid. Um, and then our first round of Clomid, I actually got pregnant, but unfortunately it was an ectopic pregnancy that was in my fallopian tube. <laughs> so, um, for those who don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is, it's life threatening. It is not viable. Um, and at first they thought I was having a miscarriage and let me tell you, my heart goes out to people who have miscarriages because you immediately feel like it is your fault that you can't have a, like, have a pregnancy. Um, but because it was ectopic, that was actually a good thing. I either had to choose to keep my life or, you know, keep this baby in my tube. And so I was internally bleeding. They had to do emergency surgery and I actually lost my left fallopian tube. So at this point, I'm like, oh, what the crap? Like, I'm already having a hard time having a baby, and I just lost my tube. And so then you're recovering from surgery. I think it was like six weeks. And then we go back to the doctor, and they're just like, okay, like, you're good to try again to have a baby if you want to. And at that point, like, you're not really sure if you want to. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back on Clomeg because I'm like, what if I have another miscarriage? or not miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy or miscarriage, you know? So this, I, this is when a lot of people started like sharing opinions and we had not been very forthcoming with people just because we're kind of private about that stuff. And I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, 
but something about um, writing about that ectopic pregnancy really made me feel better. Um, and so I actually posted a thing to Instagram. And so people kind of understood that things were not going well for us as far as trying to have a baby. After the ectopic pregnancy, we're like totally deflated because we were so excited. You know, we had tried so hard to get pregnant for 18 months or whatever. And um, Clomid worked the first round for us, worked in quotations because I had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and so I had someone really close to us say that, oh, well, at least she can get pregnant. You know, so-and-so is struggling to get pregnant. That was really hard because that wasn't a viable pregnancy and it was kind of traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. kind of downplaying my our feelings, you know. We had other experiences. I remember like so vividly my brother-in-law, we had just found out his wife was pregnant and he literally turned to me and asked me if if I was if I was jealous. And it was so like surprising. It was in front of a group of friends. My husband's really good friends from like high school and stuff. And I just like, how do you react to that? You know, that's just not something you say to someone that like this kind of stuff has been going on with. It was uncomfortable. Um, And so eventually we kind of made the decision, okay, like we're not going back on Quilmed. We're not going to put ourselves in that situation again, you know, because we weren't really sure like what caused it I guess until the ectopic happened so I actually had endometriosis which I didn't know until they were in there you know in emergency surgery and then I've had a thyroid issue for like five years or so Um, and so that contributes to it also you have to have perfect hormones to have a viable baby so we just decided, okay, like, we're just going to take a break. We're both, like, exhausted. <laughs> and it's it's been a hard road. Um, and that so that happened in June of 2018, at the very end of June. And then I ended up surprise pregnant. It was surprise. I wasn't trying um, in October. And that was my viable pregnancy now she's hopping around here in the room with me (laughs) um and so just through all of that like timing timing and science like they really got to go together like i'm a big believer and like heavenly father knows when we need certain things in our life um but he also works through science. <laughs> so things have to be going right with those laws, you know, that have been in place. Because I remember someone telling me like, oh, like this isn't your time to be pregnant. Because one time, <laughs> this is like really graphic. So sorry for anyone listening. But she's like, one time in high school, like I had sex with this guy and I didn't get pregnant. So like I knew that... <laughs> God didn't want me to get pregnant. And I was like, no, I just like think they have to work together. You know, Um, our bodies have to do what they're supposed to do. Um, And so, yeah, that's our infertility struggle. It's definitely not as severe as other people's, but it's still a really hard thing when you want to have a baby. Um, 
And in my family, no one at that point had had fertility struggles. I hope they don't. But thank you for sharing that. Because I, I mean, I knew about some of your struggles in the early stages of it, right? We were together. Yes. I yeah. think until when did we move? The end of 2017 is when we moved. Yeah, we moved in October of 2017. So yeah, it was around that time. So, so I knew like a little bit about your struggles and. When we moved away and we lost touch, I, um, you know, other than like following each other on Instagram, did like I did think about you because that was oh, that's so nice. Well, you were someone that I <laughs> that I really felt like I could connect with. So I I followed you kind of intently, like, oh, when's Courtney gonna have a baby? And I was so excited. I was so excited <laughs> when I found out that you were having a baby, and I just. And I was really excited, too, that we were, like, we kind of overlapped in our pregnancies, too. Yes, and so definitely. It yeah. was just, like, oh, I just, I really just felt so excited for you and felt like, okay, we kind of went through the want to have a baby together. Yeah. And then we had a baby around right. the same time. And it just, like, like oh, okay, yeah. I have a sister in this. Amelia had a baby around the same time, too, because I think that's. Wasn't she the third person that was there when we were talking about this kind of? Yeah, yeah, she was. I remember like so vividly, like I think it was in your living room of your apartment. We were all three just sitting there like kind of talking about it. I was trying to not be too mm -hmm. forthcoming because like I said, like that stuff back then especially made me like so uncomfortable. Yeah, and we did have a really honest conversation that night about how uncomfortable we felt in that environment where everyone seemed to be telling us that we needed to have kids we needed to have it have a baby and and our worth was based on having children and and i just felt i felt so worthless at that time like and kind of like i just felt so bad that i was choosing not to have kids and right and it wasn't because i didn't want a baby it was because we were both in school and things were happening and you know, whatever. But, and I mean, our baby costs twice as much as our school tuition did, right? I'm sure with infertility and, and the, the medication and your surgery and stuff, like that only adds to it. That year, like Heavenly Father was definitely looking out for me. I had gotten on like really good insurance. So by the time of my surgery, because of all my thyroid appointments I have to go to, to like make sure things are good with that. I think it basically covered like almost all of that surgery. We only had to pay $1,000, which is still a lot of money, especially if you're in college and that happens. But we were like financially more stable at that time. So silver lining. <laughs> yeah, but it is, I mean, it is so difficult, right? And you don't, and when someone's going through an experience like that or has gone through an experience, like, I mean, to ask, like, are you jealous? So that is so painful. Like, oh, that hurt me when you told me that. And it's just like, well, yeah, but I'm not like, but I want. But what do you want me to say? I'm not going to say I'm jealous. Like, I'm trying to be happy, you know? Yeah. I remember, like, being invited to one of my very best friends. Who you actually know? I'll tell oh, okay. you later. later. Um, <laughs> to her baby shower when I was like going through this, and I was like, "This is the worst." Like I didn't know if I like could make it through, 
And now looking back, like, I wish I would have just let myself not go because I think that's okay. Like I can still be supportive of that new life without me being there because it was so hard. Like just reminder after reminder, especially when I lived in Idaho, like in a young ward, like we were talking about where everyone's just having kids, having kids. And even people who think like they can't have kids. I remember this girl talk. I don't know if you remember this. She was talking about how she just wanted to be pregnant so bad in sacrament meeting. <laughs> but she wasn't getting pregnant. And it had only been like, you know, four or five months. And then the next week I went up to her and I'm like, oh, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm so sorry that that's going on with you and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm pregnant oh now. <laughs> she's like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like of course I'm like here I'm trying to empathize with someone <laughs> yeah I'm just like you have got to be kidding me oh man anyway there's just lots of uncomfortable situations when you are infertile or as they told me have an unfriendly uterus oh <laughs> is that what your OBGYN said yeah she said that um well after my surgery she's like yeah you had an unfriendly uterus like I cleared it out because there's endometriosis in there right for anyone that watches Grey's Anatomy or has that's similar to when Meredith was told she has a hostile uterus I like that one a little bit better hostile (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you a few tips on what not to say oh that would be great Okay, number one, do not ask, are you jealous? That should that should be obvious, <laughs> but apparently it's not. That's just like super uncomfortable. I also would recommend that anytime you're pregnant, like you as a friend, and if one of your really best friends or your sister's going through it, like telling them privately and then leaving so that they can have their own reaction. They can have their own time to like, accept the news um just because it's hard like you're sitting there forever with them and you are happy for people when they become pregnant like don't get me wrong it's just like a constant reminder that you feel like it's only me going through this and everybody else around me like it's easy for them um so i would just say let them have their time to react um and don't like downplay the situation I my mom is like the most cool calm collected lady ever and I am not that (laughs) so a lot of times she would like be like okay like just don't let yourself get emotional every month don't let yourself like do this and I just am like that is just not me like I am emotional about it because I wanted to have a baby you know um And so for some people that may work for me that people saying stuff like that to me did not work. I did not (laughs) appreciate it. I also hate it. And a lot of people hate this one too. When you just stop trying, it'll happen. Granted that did happen to me, but I had to have a lot of other crap happen first, (laughs) you know, (laughs) CJ, what other ones did people say to us that were weird? What other things about infertility did people say that were weird? You don't remember. Okay, it doesn't remember any. I'm just trying to figure out if I like have missed any. I think those are the main ones. Oh, and just like try really hard. I know people are curious. 
just try not to like ambush someone like when are you guys gonna have a baby because <laughs> I heard that one a lot like through other family members because for a minute like my in-laws didn't really know what was going on with us trying to have kids I think like for a year we didn't tell them and the only reason my parents knew was because I was like crying to my mom once a month you know <laughs> about it right you're your mom needs to know about these things yeah <laughs> yeah right and I wanted her to like pray for me. Yeah, exactly. And I guess CJ's dad had thought, oh, maybe they're having infertility. We had heard that they thought like we hated kids. Like we didn't really want to have kids. Like, no, that can't be it. Like, you know, but that's what happened. So oh. just we don't hate kids. Most people don't hate kids. <laughs> just having a hard time. Those are my main, my mains. <laughs> I think it's important going off of that, that you don't just assume anything about anyone, right? Um, yeah. I follow right. some artists on Instagram and there was one a couple weeks ago who was like, oh, ask me anything. And they don't have kids. And um, and someone asked, when are you going to have kids? Or are you going to have kids? And it just yeah. like, oh, yeah. I wanted to... So she replied to the question and she said, you know, eventually we'll have kids like we want to. And, you know, your typical answer, right? right? That you kind of say to like brush it off a little bit. And, oh, but I just wanted to like reach out to her and be like, and, and I didn't because I didn't know how she necessarily reacted to it. But if someone asked me that or when someone asked me that, because they asked all the time before right. we had kids. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. I just, like, that's just not a question that you ask a stranger. Like, and that's the other thing, too, is I feel like it was the most random people. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't people we were super close close with, usually. Wow, I just had a list or something <laughs> close with. Um, so, but all worth it. It is all worth it. It's thank you for sharing your story about infertility. I I didn't know the whole story and I'm grateful that even though you were pretty private about it while it was happening, I'm grateful that you were willing to share it here with us cuz I think that a lot of people will benefit um especially from your tips <laughs> at the end about what not to say to people who are either struggling with infertility or just honestly waiting to have kids. Yeah. Just remember, don't say, are you jealous? (laughs) That one shook Jericho to the core. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was hard. It was a hard moment for me. Um, And just remember, people are generally trying to be so nice. Like, and I think even with that, he has a personality, like he really likes to talk about you know, talk about things that make people kind of uncomfortable. And so just like forgive people for their shortcomings in those regards. Like I try not to focus on the negative things that were said, but they are hard to hear. So um, if we can be vigilant as like friends and family to not say those things, amazing. And if people, if you're going through infertility and people do say them, just try and have a forgiving heart and remember that not everybody goes through this. but you'll find people who have and they'll be so helpful. Yeah. So. And you can form a nice little circle in your living room and, and talk about it. Yep, exactly. And those people will understand 100%.
when we first moved here, I found a lady like that goes to our church that had never had children. And I didn't even know that about her. Um, she got married at like age 39. And so just like kind of leaning on her and like understanding through um, talking to her, like that I could still be happy and have a fulfilling marriage and life, even if we couldn't conceive our own children was like the best thing for me. And just to see what an amazing person going through that struggle made her into you know she's just like awesome she's like this 50 year old woman and she's incredible I don't think I've met like any person who knows her who does not love her so that's amazing you can find your people if you need one throw a rock I'm sure you'll hit someone that has infertility (laughs) it's more common than we think (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm sure they're happy to help all right well I kept you a lot longer than I promised. But thank you for all of that. Thanks, Erica. Thank you for listening. Join the conversation and stay up to date on Instagram and Twitter at She Has a Name Too. She Has a Name Too is a production of Mecco Radio. I, Jerrica Dennison, was your host and was joined by my friend, Courtney Agrin. Huge thank you to my husband, Ryan, who entertains our baby while I record. This episode was edited by my brother, Alex Williams. Mecco.